Hello and welcome to the Thursday Show, everybody, here on the Frontline Gaming Network. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. I'm joined by Adam Camilleri. Howdy, everybody. Evan. And Dustin Hinshaw. Howdy, howdy. Welcome. How are y'all doing? Hope everybody is sounding off in the chat. We do this live every Thursday talking about tournaments coming up over the weekend. We're going to tell you the meta you're going to see there. We're going to tell you how to beat the meta. Well, we think we're going to tell you how to beat the meta, but that's what we try to do. But we're also going to tell you about some of the top players in attendance. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. How are y'all doing? I'm doing great. You guys feeling feeling some more Warhammer talk? I'm I'm always feeling Thursdays. I love Thursdays now. I'm cranked. Coming off of the weekend we just had, where we had three like massive 100 plus mm-hmm. player events, it's just it's just hype time. It's 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 all 40k all day every day. Let's go. Uh, so right. coming up soon, there's a few big events or a few dates I want you to have on your calendar pretty soon. Uh, the Las Vegas team tournament tickets going up for sale very soon for Frontline Gaming and uh, Las Vegas Open tickets for next year going up for sale very soon. Man, it's nuts that we, I, I felt like the LVO was a couple of weeks ago. And they're already it was, wasn't it? Next this year is yeah, zipping well, by. Yeah. It, well, it absolutely it, is. I'm happy it's not going as fast as 2020 did because literally I went to sleep, didn't leave my house for four months, woke up, and I'm like, oh, 2020 is over. <laughs> that was a weird year for everybody, I think. Yeah. So these... Uh, tickets do sell out fast so if you plan on coming want to come you're going to want to get these uh on your calendar get in there early get it done that way you don't have to worry about it then yeah. you know yeah. you're set you're set even if you're just just thinking about it just do it like, yeah I, you, I, I you do not want to miss out on it because that that's that's the worst feeling believe me that's the worst feeling uh so we, we have several tournaments like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna run down today the london open for june which oh please please be in london <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> the bug eater, sir, bug eater, uh, and then the grand fanatic. It's going to be a big show. Lots, lots of folks. Uh, uh, maybe, hopefully, if you're paying, if you're going to one of these events and going uh, and, and want to share your list in the chat, let us know what you're taking. If we don't cover it, let's start with London. Uh, Eighty-two players, six-round event. We know we've seen a bunch of tournaments in that region recently. Yeah, it's kind of nuts how um, essentially the UK scene has gone from being kind of one of one of the most active to like we are the most active scene in the freaking world for like per per capita per event per region. They just smash out the six rounders, seven rounders, eight rounders, hundred plus people. Usually, like this is one of the smaller ones that they do. Um, it's actually what's what's going to be exciting ITC wise is can we now make a case for somebody like uh, someone from the UK just crushing the ITC rank and without leaving the uk that, that's awesome and it, it, it could happen like mathematically that could actually yeah. happen and that's, that'd be something fun to try to track along the way here and i think you mentioned it last week yeah i did yeah, I think you mentioned every week too because it's, it's a pretty big deal right it's, it'd be the first time it's ever happened and it's possible for sure with all the tr- hmm. big tournaments that are happening there it is very possible that that could happen well, let's see what we're gonna or what we're gonna face there. Dustin, would you mind doing the honors? Not at all. It's the Imperial Super Faction. There's gonna be four sisters, six custodes, one Astro Militarum, one Admech, three Great Knights, and five Imperial Knights. So Imperial Knights are finally starting to take up the rankings. They're custodes up there too. Uh, the Space Brain Super Faction. There's one Space Wolf, two Blood Angels, one Ultramarine, one Salamander, one Imperial Fist, one Iron Hand, and one Death Watch. The Chaos Super Faction. Two Chaos Suit, five Chaos Space Marines, five T Suns, two Death Guard. Xeno Superfaction, three Necrons, four Orcs, and 12 Tau. The Hive Mind Superfaction, still eight Tyranids, one GSC. And the Eldari Superfaction, there's three Eldari, one Drukari, three Harlequins, four Asuriani, making the faction podium. Tau leading it off at 12, followed by Tyranids, and then Custodes. Kind of a callback here. 
this is the second week in a row that we have seen Tau uh, kind of be, uh, maintain that top spot for factions uh, over and above Tyranids. Mm-hmm. You know, was the FAQ uh, or balanced data slate, was that enough uh, to put, put the Tyranids down a wrong? Isn't it? Isn't I think I think it's kind of a um, they they kind of trade back and forward, kind of depending on the what I think is the terrain format more than anything else. Yeah, I think WTC terrain I think favors Tyrion is over Tau way more. ITC player placed or the LGT format, which is kind of their own thing, kind of a mixture of a couple of other different formats. I think benefits Tau a little bit more than it benefits Nids, and so that's usually what we see. We usually see a two third to one third flip and flop between those two factions. That was all of last week as well, and this week is no different. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it on the head there, Adam. What you're saying with between the player place and the WTC, player place definitely favors Tau just a little bit more than Tyranid, so you'll actually see a lot more than there. And WTC terrain does scare off a lot of Tau players because of the, the heaviness of it and a little, a little harder to get some of the angles. Although, Tau still have play into that, so that's why you're going to still see a lot of Tau there. Like, they're still going to be high in numbers. You're just going to see those few, the top the top Tau just kind of drop a little bit like, ah! I don't know about that. Yeah. We'll have to, or they might not be even practice. Maybe they're just playing for WTC because they're trying to practice for WTC teams, right? So Correct. then they might even drop because of that too. You'll see more Tau in this one, but. Why yeah. do we think we're seeing uh, Custodies though? That's Because uh... Custodies are still good, man. That's, That's true. Why. I mean, they are. the long and the short of it is that there's always a little bit of a reaction. Uh, anytime there's a disruption in what people are used to playing, you're going to see the factions people are going to instantly jump either to something else or they just sit out that event. You know, we, we sometimes talk about people chasing the meta and even self-admitted being filthy meta chasers from time to time. But uh, sometimes players just don't go to the event while they're trying to adjust their list. And I think the, the custodians are one of those factions where they took, they took a hit on what their list could do, what they thought their list could do. And now they're finding that maybe that's not the case and they can still compete. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a lot of people will just do the the grass is greener. Like there's a lot of people who play a lot of Imperium super factions or a lot of different factions of which Custodes is one. Um, and then they'll be like, well, the grass is no longer green for Custodes. We're going to go to where the grass is green, go back to Space Marines or Sisters or Grey Knights when Armor Contempt came in. Um, and then they just realize, well, I, I kind of miss playing Custodes. And they play him again. And they realize, oh, wow, this this is just fine. They're just This is just fine. They're not the best thing in the world anymore, but what they are is very playable. Uh, I am surprised that the Eldari, though, are not in that spot, though. I really... I'm wondering what it's. I mean, I know the Eldari are kind of unforgiving. Like, if you have a backup, mm. bad couple of turns, you and you know where you where you did end up trading instead of just taking like they are known to do, uh, then you probably start that downhill slide. And maybe that's why they're not um, in a better in a. I guess on this faction podium anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people actually feel less confident with the uh, Suryani Eldari in this kind of meta right now though because they're very like you said they're a very unforgiving faction right now and if you're looking at some of the top players they're the ones that are gonna be playing it a lot and I think that's where most of the players come from like there's gonna be a lot of people that are trying them out but they they're so unforgiving you you lose a couple of games and you just you kind of lose you lose uh, your confidence with it. Maybe try something else. Maybe mm. more to dart Drakari Harlequins you, you want to try something new right it, yeah because it's unforgiving it can be demoralizing it just takes a couple of blowouts in in practice (laughs) games and you're like you know what i need something that i can i can make a save with give me something tough this for 
Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's like Bane breaking Batman's back. You don't just you don't just bounce back up after that. Yeah, you, you got to exactly. take some time to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Andrew Andrew Desalt in the chat says Admac have fallen harder than my tech stocks, uh, mm-hmm. and and that is I will say that you know as for for the longest time, and you heard me saying this before Armor of Contempt that I thought Admac were the 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 faction that no one was playing. The people were yeah. completely forgotten about, but I feel like. If you're going to play a shooting army, it sounds like a lot of players are either going with Aldari or Tau, and Admech is even further hampered by the Armor Contempt, uh, where they were just kind of out of fashion before. I totally agree. I think they're two, well, two of the keynote pieces of that army, the big Ranger Brick, the big Vanguard Brick, don't operate anymore. They don't produce numbers and figures. The Rust Orcas, the Infiltrators, the tech pieces, the little bits you don't, the, so the building blocks of the Admech list has really fallen off, but all the bits around that are still good. So that's that's it's kind of weird. Like the Rustalk is still freaking amazing. Um, but I, I just want to point out, like that was just pointed out in chat by the gentleman. Um, when hasn't when has a a list a faction won the LVO and then been no, nowhere to see, nobody to be seen. See, they, we, they popped we, up, won the LVO, and disappeared completely. Disappeared. We try to it's highlight crazy. this. The pilot you cannot you can never count out the pilot of oh, some yeah, of these absolutely. things. You know, and that's and so and that that's the story there. And I also want to point out that uh, you know, fourteen and stellar robots probably still pretty good. But we, but we can't talk in fantasy land. We got to talk about what is right now. So let's talk well, about some of the, the top competitors and the top in the list we're going to see here. Perfect, perfect. Uh, David Gaylard is the top-ranked gentleman in attendance. Currently ranked third in the UK. He's playing High Fleet Leviathan Tyranids. Um, this is a pretty straight up and down Tyranids list. It's funny that we're seeing a, a few different flavors of the Leviathan build. Even like so. Tyranids is the top meta build, is the top meta faction. And then within the, the Tyranid kind of metagame, there's the Leviathan builds. And in the Leviathan builds, they're starting to become diversity between them. So this is a really weird one. Um, oh, sorry, no, this is a really weird, same same kind of getting its own archetype. Um, it's got a Battalion, Neurothrope, Flyerant, 9933 Warriors. That's tunes to 9, tunes to 3. Uh, I like that. I like that me, too. Me too. I actually like that a lot. Um Two units of two pyrovores, three tyrant guard, three venom thropes, three zoanthropes, and two harpies. Um, it's almost like it's the there's the archetypes that are the single battalion with the double harpies, or there's the double battalion with the double flyerant. So they're kind of becoming a bit of a parting of the waves moment. In addition, uh, the warrior um, differences. A lot of people are taking um, four by five warriors, or but th- this gentleman has decided to go, you know, the the two bigs, two smalls. Some people are going the three or four smalls. It's kind of interesting to see how people are crafting those things differently. I like this. I like this, I think, more than some of those other variants you were talking about. Anytime I can look at a unit or two and think, that's where I want to put my stratagems. Now, my opponent knows that, mm-hmm. but I'm still getting more. If I get the opportunity to do that with my stratagems, I'm getting more value out of them. So I like the larger units. And I think that for a Leviathan build, as opposed to like a Kraken-type build, then mm-hmm. this is this might be the superior Bill, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh in on that, Paul. Because yeah, yeah. Oh, by all means, you're the because I I I agree. I actually like this better than the battalion patroller, double patroller, whatever you end yeah. up doing. The, the second flyer is nice, but it's harder to protect them now. Even with the tyrant guards, it's it's harder to keep them both alive. Like you're either sacrificing one or you're putting them both in there to kind of go ham with the harpies. I really like 
the taking taking out that one flyer adding another brick of nine warriors so you can kind of mix up the strats so you can't you can use one a little bit more defensively another one offensively so you can they may not know exactly where your strats are going but you know you can protect one of them and then the two by two power of just for tech pieces and flamers wherever you need to use it for and you have every other piece that you need in this list i actually love this 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 might mm. be my favorite tier list that i've seen in a while now. Oh, not, but there's a lot of people out there that are like really split on the harpies either they, they're like huge evangelists of the harpies or they're like the harpies are trash and those lists are also trash yeah and uh, i i think i talked about it last time too like i'm a big fan of the harpies i think they're i think they're amazing right now yeah see i'm the opposite but i don't play tyranids so my opinion matters far less than <laughs> Dustin's does harpy trash is what well, trash. <laughs> I just think of the games where you want to take to the last and sit back and not do much. Um, you just you just can't not let them. You're giving them something to shoot when you don't want to interact with them because you can't hide the harpies. They're huge. They don't get covered because coverage because they're airborne. And that's the only reason that I think they're not as good as some people. And you'd love that. this build because the, the to the last year the two nine bricks of warriors and the fly rent. But, but that's what I mean. No, no, no. Of course, of course, of course. But you, you sit. I knew I knew that obviously, but of course. But when you sit back and you play the to the last game, you're still giving you're by default giving them something to kill, something good to kill, um, and that's the only reason. It, and that, I yeah. like the idea of where you do just push them up in people's faces, like you deal with you can deal with this or you can't. And what we've seen in game after game after game, some list, even good list, even deep in the tournaments, top list can't deal with those harpies, mm-hmm. and so they, they they linger for a couple of more turns. Uh, then, then um, they might the opponent might have expected and end up being like a backbreaking piece. Yeah, but you know absolutely. there are there are there is a lot of depth in this codex, and so there's multiple ways to to get there. Uh, we'll jump down to one of the so, um, Mr. Gaylord was the only person in the top ten in attendance. I just picked out two lists that I wanted to see. I went and looked at some of the custodies lists because there's a bunch of custodies at this event. I want to see what that looked like, and this is one of the ones that I found the most interesting. This is Martin Lakeland. He's playing Empress Chosen, single battalion. He's got a Blade Champion and Trajan as his HQ choices. A one unit of three Custody Guard, four units of three Sagittarum, a single Vexilla, and then three units of three bikes of Virtus Praetors. I'm like, that's trim it's nice it's all either infantry or fast so the terrain you can make good use of terrain it's weird to see the sagittarium at the moment because i feel like they just don't do anything into armor of contempt um how do you guys feel about this one uh, i i i like it I'm, I'm on the same page as you with the sagittarium now because of them losing obsec for me it actually Man, really tell hurts, me that i got uh, some right behind me i guess i mean they're amazing <laughs> you should finish painting them and make sure that you're going to put them on the table paul there's never re- there's never reason <laughs> to not paint something like, so like cool the such a time have have obsex still don't they they're troops are you thinking you're thinking um the birdie boys i'm thinking the birdie boys am i thinking the wrong thing yeah i'm talking about that there's the heavy bolter infantry from forge world oh i like oh, it nice back on the back on the menu <laughs> I like those. Yeah, you're good, Paul. You're good. Thanks. I like I, I, li- I like them a lot. I just worry their damage output just isn't there. They're only negative one. They're only neg one. Yeah. Unless that's... you're in um, I think it's is it twelve or eighteen inches, and then they've got a one shot at um strength five, negative three, two damage. I think, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Well, some of this, what I think about this list is there's, I think there's some holdovers here. Like there's probably some vestiges of a previous incarnation mm. in this list. Of course. And then you got things like the Blade Champion that have worked their way in, and then probably more yeah. Virtus Praetors mm. that were there before. So probably if I had to uh, theorize what the Sagittarium are doing is that they are holding, they are, they're going up there and holding that mid board and allowing the, and probably back in, backed up by the Blade Champion, a little bit of counter assault type deal and Trajan, can't count on Trajan. 
but that a lot of work is probably getting done by the non-Virtus Praetors. Yeah, they, yeah. they need to be too. Like when you have three by three still, like, that's, that's something you're not going to see as much anymore. A lot of people drop them down to two squads, one squad, or just drop them entirely with uh, everything that, uh, that hit them the last, the data slate. So it's surprising to still see some of them out there. But the thing is, they're still really good. Like they're really good. Dude, yeah, I think they're necessary in the current. Yeah, I do too. In, in, the, in the current meta game, I think they're 100 percent necessary because what we've seen, what we've seen happening is a little bit. Everyone's dropping the Praetors and kind of adding in Dreads or Caladius tanks, mm -hmm. and then like, are you just like Death Guard light? Are you just pseudo Death Guard at that point? Because everything's slow. It's mm -hmm. durable. It punches like a truck, but it is slow. And we don't see many slow armies doing well. You need, you still need to have some speed. So I do like some Virtus Praetors in every list. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the only, th only thing I'm weird of is it's a lot of points in Sagittarium, but mind you, they got three Misericordias now. They're actually not crap in combat. They got like three or four no, attacks each, know. hitting on twos, a strength five minus two. Well, and backed up by those two characters, too. I mean, you really, you can't, you don't want to be at mid-range from them, they're, and they're going to be on the middle of the board. You don't want to go close to them because there are going to be these two stout characters. Although the Blade yeah. Champion, that's the one that's throwing me off. It's like, is that a points decision? Like, why is that Blade Champion there? What am I not seeing with the Blade Champion? It's a great way of defending an objective or taking a mid-board objective because you've got the big intervention, you've got the fight first, you got... And that guy absolutely shreds. Like, he shreds. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a fan of him in there. It's weird that I... It's weird to have that included and not have another shield. You usually see the, sh the blade captain being the third HQ choice. You'll have Trajan, you'll have you'll have a shield captain on bike or Mr. Worldwide with the Praetorian plate, and then you'll have the the blade champion be the third one in. Um, I don't I don't hate him be I don't hate them being second one in, but that makes me think that this is a running as a blob. Everyone's just blobbed yep. up around Trajan, yep. smashing up the board um, with the with the Vexilla, and then the. The Virtus Praetors playing the flanks. But anyway, moving on, gentlemen. Well, I got a few so, comments in the chat I want to highlight here. I have not seen the Blood Angel meme where, uh, that you're referring to, but I want to. <laughs> so maybe I'll find it uh, after this. And I got some homework to do. Uh, Nurgle Matt, World Cup 19. Uh, thanks a lot for ch checking in and being nice to each other in the chat. We, If, if you're listening mm. to us after the fact on the podcast aggregators, we actually have a great group of folks uh, that come up and watch us live every every Thursday. And so if you are find yourself with a little spare time and want to come do that, that's something that we do. You can see us on YouTube in the competitive uh, 40K uh, Facebook group and uh, Twitch, maybe. I don't know. We're all over the place. Uh, come, come join us there if you can. I uh, really appreciate that. Confirm so we are on Twitch. What's the, ne <laughs> what's the next list? <laughs> So everybody sit down because the next list is Night Lords. Oh yeah, and here we go. <laughs> I'm hoping that this, so in maybe a month or two's time when the Chaos Space Marine book comes out, this is a legit list because this is just kind of what I want to see from Chaos Space Marines. This is what I want a Chaos Space Marines book to look like and be good, be relevant. Well, we, we've seen a lot of Chaos representation uh, coming mm. out of the UK. It, like Typically it's, it's like it's Death yeah. Guard or, or what have you, mm. but we've also seen a bunch of Chaos Soup and, and CSM and stuff in this. So, you know, I, want to see what this list is about yeah month by month you're absolutely right it spikes in different directions so this one um night lords it is being run by charlie showman Shoan, sorry um it's got a patrol demon prince 10 cultists two units of eight zerkers eight men so he's doing it right um <laughs> seven warp talons eight warp talons and then two rhinos to support the zerkers i'm assuming um then he's got another patrol with a sorcerer and a termi sorcerer so that's his complement of psychic goodness five chaos space marines Eight and seven termies, and I believe if I remember right, they're all got combi melters. So fifteen termies, combi melters, two to yeah, five nice. raptors, and this guy's a Chad. <laughs> Have you got it in there? Yeah, what a Chad at the bottom. <laughs> yes, put it in there. <laughs> yeah. Love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I love this list. I want this list to be really good. I want this list to be spicy, crazy. Um, I mean, it's not it's not good, but I love it to death. <laughs> I think it takes some some actual some good journalship and some good awareness of what you're trying to do when you just don't lead out with a battalion. You know. You're That's gonna true. catch a lot of people off guard with it too. They're not gonna. They're gonna be like, warp talons. What are those? Yeah. What are they? What are they even? Raptors. Do? What the heck yeah. is that? Huh? What? What? Huh? Yeah. So turn <laughs> one. He's just gonna. He's just gonna shoot out zerkers and kill anything that'll stop the. Essentially, try and stop the terminators and the terminators drop in, do a bunch of damage, try and make a charge. And he's got two units of jump pack. Sorry, four units of jump pack. Goodness, you know, just going around playing the board, getting your engage R and D, all that stuff. So yeah. what do what do night lords do for him? Uh, not enough is the answer to that question. They hey, I'm asking questions. I mean, I want to know. I want to feel like so, you know why? Why go with this? What benefit does the the Night Lords? Uh, maybe there's maybe there's a meta trick you know that I'm. So missing. you can make some. You can still make some really exceptionally killer characters. Um, you can still. I mean, he's got icons of excess all over the place here. So he's got double. He's got explodings on fires for death to the false everyone. So his melee's good. And you're also and then, you're not limited to a specific. Uh, mark of chaos either which is no not at all yeah which is good yeah so and, like those trimmies can have the uh slow national they can fire twice and i think night lords are the mm. ones that have the hold in combat strat don't they yeah yeah, yeah the, no fallback that, that, that's, that can be a big deal when you have an army of uh, close combat you know uh the so uh burrow lachlan said they're not they're night lords not win lords <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Because yes. all the leadership debuffs, there's just so many armies that just don't care. Like, oh, you yeah. went into tower crisis suits and killed all the drones? They don't matter for leadership. So your leadership, all your leadership doesn't matter. You know what you oh, should do? You, went into you should tyrannous. add some chaos knights into the Night Lords. So the leadership yeah. Oh, and, and dread, dread bomb. Dread dread bomb then everyone's neck four, neck five, where yeah. they're like, man, this, you, I, don't, I can't charge anything. You're I welcome, chat. You're welcome. Yeah. Spicy tech. <laughs> so what's that? Just like a couple of units of raptors running behind you, bombing it. Just like, yoo-hoo, negative four bubble. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. But anyway, Charlie, you're a, you're an absolute Chad. Good luck to you. I hope you do really well. Yeah. Uh, Rhino, is that Rhino Meta representing? Rhino Meta. Okay. Look, we can't get out of this without picking a faction winner. You, you pick a player or pick a faction you think is going to bring down this tournament. I like that tiered list too much. I have. I can't not go with it. Yeah, I, I do really like that Tyrion list, but I'm going to pick from... Yeah, let's go Harlequins. Oh, Harlequins man, you still want to pick, because Harlequins uh, actually won oh. pr pretty well last weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's another list that, you know, it it's a, it does take skill to play. Uh, mm -hmm. It is subjective to, you know, to... You know, I want to say some dice rolls, because they can influence their own dice rolls, but you could have yeah. some real blowout turns like we were talking about. But Harlequin players are finding ways to still win, and I, and I, I think they got a good shot here, too. Yep, I'm going to go with that, too. Uh, next, next event we're going to talk about is the Bug Eater 2022 Omaha, Nebraska. That's in the United States, if you couldn't tell from those series of words I just said. <laughs> it is a 109 players, six round event. Uh, pretty, yeah. So, Dustin, what are we going to see there? The Bug Eater. I feel attacked. All right. Imperial Superfaction. There's five sisters, five custodes, three Ester Militarum, four Grey Knights, six Imperial Knights. Space Marine Superfaction, five Dark Angels, three Space Wolves, two Blood Angels, one Ultramarine, two Black Templars, and three Iron Hands. Wow. Mm -hmm. Chaos Superfaction, one Chaos Soup, one Chaos Space Marine, one T-Sun, three Death Guard, and two Renegade Knights. Xeno Superfaction, there's four Necrons, three Orcs, 11 Tau. That seems to be like the number for the Xenos factions yeah. right now. 
Hive Mind Super Faction. There's 11 Tyranids, one GSC. I love how there's always just one GSC. There's just one in every tournament. <laughs> it's the one same hero. guy. <laughs> it's the same, same guy playing all these yeah. tournaments at the same time. Eldari Super Faction. There's one Eldari, three Jakari, two Harlequins, and 10 Asuriani. They get the faction podium. Tyranids and Tau tied at 11, which again, this is kind of what it is. Asuriani at 10, and then Imperial Knights taking the bronze with six. There's, uh, they're outnumbering the Renegade Knights. So people are just more on the Imperial Knights than the Renegade Knights right now, aren't they? I think Bunk it's is, yeah. is a long-standing tournament, too. I think this yeah. is uh, this is one that's been around for a long time. I don't actually know the number of years, and, it, and I hope it's the same one, so I'm not speaking out of turn here, but Bug Eater's been around for a long time. Uh, tournament put on your radar, if it isn't already. Yeah, venerable. I, I even, Before I even was really paying attention to to events like in seventh edition i remember hearing bug eater like being called out on signals by recent frankie and, and mm. stuff like that um so it, it, it's lovely it's still going amazing real apart from the three top um uh apart from the three top you know 11 11 10 of the three top factions it's a great spread it's actually a really good spread if you'll if you'll actually scroll down it guys um you got Imperial it's, Knights, you know, basically coming in fourth there, which we have the honorable yep, mention yeah. on, on the podium, which is cool. But that's st- still six Imperial Knights. Show some mm-hmm. confidence in the list. And, uh, yeah, it would be nice to talk about uh, how that is going to work out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the Renegade Knights thing, though, um, I do believe it's hobby lag. Like, they just got the Abom kit. A they Renegade? just got... I just got oh. the the new war dog kits um and like all those reaper cannons that you want to take they're going to take time for people to paint up because you oh run, come like, on people are just going to run nights as chaos knights they were they were doing that before chaos knights even existed so don't besmirch my people they <laughs> do that they i know because that. i co-host the show with one of the guys that did that right he well was you tell him before he existed he, he's disappointing the code. That's, there's a code, right? <laughs> he just we live he by just it. all the codes. That's not. That's, <laughs> Wait, that's you can't. Fine. You can't drill purpose your knights. <laughs> you totally can. Do whatever you want. Like, that's what I've done. Shit. I have definitely dual purposed, and I do have. Yeah, I've, I've got, got a code I've, See? I've got two uncoded Reaper cannon code? knights right over there. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, so good. Anyway, top players in attendance at this bad boy. Um, the Bam Bam Hunter, who I had to bring it up, it won a GT with Space Wolves, I think a week or two just gone, who's in attendance. Had to pull it out, had to slap it up there, because I don't get it. <laughs> I looked at his <laughs> list, and I'm like, I don't get how you won with this list, Bam Bam, so we need to talk about it. Um, he's just got a battalion. He's got a Chapter Master, who I believe is on a bike. He's got a Phobos Libby, uh, chapter, a Primaris Chappie on a bike. Five Intercessors, five Incursors, five Infiltrators, two units of five Blade Guard, five Wolf Guard with Jump Packs. Three units of five Wolfen, uh, two single Cyberwolves, and a unit of Eradicators. And I'm like... Yeah, this is taking sh- advantage of, of all those Space Wolf rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like straight up nothing special. I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, this is just like an all-comers Space Wolf list. No, uh, I mean, what you're figuring good, out I mean, is that Blade Guard are good. Like, Blade yep. Guard, especially, you know, when you add a little bit of extra rule on, on top of them, they become really great. Terrain also is a big thing. So, if the, uh, we, you know... I, probably suspect that they're, they're expecting to see a bunch of t- terrain in the center of the tables. Mm-hmm. Or, or player yeah. plays too. Like the thing is too, like you're looking at the space wolf list. This is when you look, you look at it, it looks just like a blood angels list right now too. Just wolf and sort of Sangard, you know, like correct. Yep. Correct. Same, same kind of thing. So they, they have, they have really good rules too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's, uh, the pilot's good enough with it and they're practiced. Dude. They know how to play these. Yeah. I am on good terrain. I think Wolfen can be oppressive as hell. 
Um, and I love, one of the reasons I love Wolfen right now is because they are the perfect everything to killing Nids. They're the perfect everything. As long as you can stop them from being smited, they just, mm. there's no profile that they have that doesn't just smash warriors, pyrovores, raveners to absolute bits. And the fact is, you can get charged and you still get to trade because they always fight on death if they haven't mm -hmm. fought already. Um, the, it's it's if I remember right, it's four and one. It's the standard four and one. I mean, so well, what, we had a question in the chat was, uh, uh, how many thunder hammers might you think are spread around this uh, this army list? And so that's the question you're uh, answering. Uh, yeah, all the wolfen have four hammers, and one the one sergeant has to take the lightning claws. Um, has to take the lightning claws, can't not. And I think that's the right thing to do at the moment. I think if like even with armor contempt meaning it, you need the invuln more than you need the armor save for yeah. wolfen, because what what people are going to be hunting them with is like they must die weapons. Yep. Um. So you, they're not they're not shooting AP freaking zeros at you anyway. So whatever. Um. For, or AP ones. But uh, the way this works is that like turn two or turn three, you're in combat on five fronts playing against this list, and three of those fronts are on wolfen fronts. As in three times, it doesn't matter if you interrupt, you're still going to die. And then one of them will be fights lasted by the Pelt of Rust. That's because then... they fight on death. So yeah, you, yeah. you do kill them, and but they do fight on death, and they're very potent attackers, and so you will become casualties you, as yeah. well. So this is why we need Paul with Adam. He kind of helps to explain exactly what he's talking about for everybody. It's perfect dichotomy here. My my head goes a bit too quick for <laughs> my mouth. Um, so yeah, he'll fight you on five fronts, and then he'll go first with one. One will be fights lasted, and then you'll get to interrupt on Wolfen, which is bad, um, which is not, not not possible. And so he'll just eat five units in a turn um, when he puts the pressure on. That's, that's also, great odds, by the way. That's a good ratio of mm. uh, of of taking. Of ta yeah, taking and not not letting have back. It's yep. it's yeah. Um, the the eradicators are a weird one. Do you think that's a concession to the night meta or the, to the tower meta? Like, why do you, you think you can't that's go wrong there? with eradicators? I think almost every space marine. If if you're playing space marines and you don't have three plus eradicators, you will never go wrong with with having three plus getting them. I think that's mm -hmm. they're they're right now at least for the foreseeable this edition and beyond probably an evergreen unit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally Knights, agree. harpies, uh, transport, like can openers. Like you need those too. So, no, yeah. I mean, people get their characters out of place all the time. That's true. Too. You know, you just be like, you know That's what? True. I'm gonna solve this problem with a couple of eradicator shots. That's you it. know, I start talking about that. That you know, I'm granting people's anything, meltas, and especially meltas that have mm -hmm. increased range on a sturdy profile like them will basically always be good. I think so. so jumping down we had six night lists in attendance and instead of pulling out a night list which unfortunately is a little bit boring to just try and unpack unless it's something super spicy i actually looked at all six lists and did a little bit of, of an internal meta breakdown of the the knights meta just to see what people were playing um so there are six lists four of them are tyrannus and two of them are raven so that's the only two things being taken no okay. imperialis at all it's just four tyrannus two raven um four four of those lists have a three four split of questorus to um armiger classes so that's three questorus four armigers and then mm -hmm. two of the lists have a two seven split of two questorus seven armigers mm -hmm. um of those six lists, there are 19 Warglaives, as in melee Armagers, across the six lists, and 11 Helverins. And then the breakdown of the Questorus chassis sits as thus. There's five Errants, six Paladins, three Perceptors, five Crusaders, and three Gallants. So the Paladin is taken in every single one of those lists, and the Crusader is taken in all bar one of them. Hang on one second. I want to, like, Dustin, do you know the difference between all those knights? <laughs> this is why you're here, Paul. 
Uh, one's a shooty one. The other's double one's, shoot. One's one a one copy. One's a shooter. One's got a weird shoulder pad that the other ones don't have. I think you know. It's... No, no, no. Just want to want to slightly break down maybe why you might see some of those um, uh, those configurations and and who's going yeah. with more uh, you know close combat versus you know more more guns. Hmm. So it's interesting to note that the paladin. I I believe the paladin is one of the worst data sheet knights as in its gun is very huh. average at the moment but it's buff the buff that it gives which is the bondsman ability that it gives out to smaller knights is real wants to hit and wants to wound it's phenomenally powerful and in almost every case that i looked at it's taken the upgrade that allows it to give that buff to a big knight instead of a little knight and so that's why it's being taken so it's, it's just taken. got a battle cannon or whatever but it makes everybody around it you know a lot more effective with everything they have real good real good um so usually it'll be buffing a crusader or an errant who will then pop off and try and do a bunch of mortals and just be like an oppressive firing piece um especially the imperial knights the... have a way of doing a ton of mortals for like one of their shots mm. they just have to kind of connect and then it does max mortal damage to whatever it shot Exactly right. Uh, the Gallant's the melee knight, um, but the Errant is the spicy one. The Errant has what I believe is the second best of the Bondsman traits, that being advance and charge. And there's five of the Errants. So all bar one player is trying out the advance and charge in some way, shape, and form. <clears> as in, you're playing more of a precious style knight's list, um, which I prescribe to, for sure. Um, Dustin, you got any comments on this meta? Uh, I feel a lot better about taking an 80-point Primus for reroll ones to hit and wound, so I don't have to take a... That was a comment in the chat, was like, imagine taking a knight for the buffs, <laughs> but remember, it, it does, like, where some of these other yeah. characters, like, you know, Imperial Guard, or that, that guy that's pushing around his desk, the guy drug his desk out of his office and is now in your army. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but so he has you know the knights are still this like bundle mm -hmm. of, of fairly good mm -hmm. stats that are difficult for some armies to deal with oh it well, is too if you're, if you're not ready to fight knights like if you don't have five eradicators in your space marine list you might have trouble dealing with them you know mm -hmm. why are we seeing more um i mean I, I think i believe i know why why do you guys think we're seeing more warglaves than helverns like why is there more uh merely merely because war, they also come with a melty gun that's why yeah, because they have profile for both phases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're actually good in close combat, and they still have a decent, decent firing profile. Like on right. the on the renegade side, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at things. It's like I know that you're super hot on the on the twelve shot cannon, which it is good. But I'm thinking, man, I would just rather have more claws and and mm. Yeah, see, that's the thing when you're playing when you're especially for the big nuts when you're paying for something like that. I feel like it has to be good in both phases. You're not. I don't like taking something that's just good in close combat or just good in shooting. Yeah. I want it to be able to do at least decent in both and for me that makes a lot more sense to bring it with those uh the war glyphs because they can mm. do both so then i can use them aggressively i can use them a little bit defensively if i really want to but uh if you're taking errands you're running at them almost like 100 percent, right and then uh rest Asante says that war glaze are 10 points cheaper so you know i guess hey, hey even better all right see getting rewarded bargain, it's twice the price. for me it's application on the table like if you think about a standard like dawn of war um setup yeah you're gonna have like two firing lines like is, is like an average um and so knights have got massive freaking bases and you're going to have a, probably a crusader taking up one of those the other firing lane probably only has space for like two three halverins at best each a la you need yeah. stuff that moves and gets angles you don't want those those little uh chicken walkers with their two uh auto cannons getting wrapped in the middle of the table that's a game that's a game losing position so mm. when you're talking about competition for the firing lanes in your deployment zone i think there's only space for like three or four models 
Yeah, so you want what, those to be like a bigger knights, I think, because they got better. You guns, want them, right? you want at least you want at least one of those to be a big knight because it's a it's a freaking big knight, you know. It's good. Yeah. So, and look, yeah. him Fluffy also points out in the in the chat that though not only are the warglaves cheaper, but because they can melee get up there and uh, mix it up, and their objectives are secured and can help flip objectives flip more objectives. easily. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So that's a good point. Yeah, kind of lines all those things up, and so. No, yeah, thanks for the thanks for the comments. That was a great, that was a great question. But this is, I think, this is still a little bit uh, in flux. I don't know. I don't know that yeah, anyone has days. found the the the, mm -hmm. the be all end all knight or renegade knight list yet. So yeah, what else we see? What's phases. the next? So, and last one we'll talk about here is uh, Michael Mann. He's playing Drakari, Prophets Ooh. of Flesh, Coteries of the Homunculi. I've been waiting to see these <laughs> start to pop up from the uh, uh, Rift, Rift War. The Rift War, campaign. yep. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is a good list, boys. Uh, um, it's a triple patrol. It's all Prophets of Flesh. He's got a Homunculus, a unit of 20 racks and a unit of 5 racks. I can tell you that 20 racks has everything, every upgrade. You can give it all the Aussies and the whips and all that stuff. Two units of six grotesques. Then the second patrol is starts off with Drazar, another homunculus, ten homoxites, another unit of twenty racks with all the trimmings, two units of five incubi, and a raider to be the kind of you know circus bus having the incubi and Drazar in it. And then his last patrol is just straight up a homunculus, another unit of twenty racks, and another unit of six grotesques. So that's three units of twenty racks with all the trimmings, three units of six grotesques, two units of incubi, and a bunch of characters. Um, so it what is, are the coteries? Given him, like, what is like, why, why, uh, why is this here as opposed <laughs> to one of the okay. other variants? Oh. So, first off, anytime any unit in this army kills a unit, um, you can spend CP, and that unit will go from having a five plus feel no pain or a five plus shrug to having a four plus. In addition, the same rule kicks in if forever ever get or just that forever. for the remainder of the game. For the remainder of the game, so it's a strat. So it's once per per phase so if yep. you shoot something dead you can do it if you fight something dead you can do it um and then in addition when any unit in this army goes under half strength they get the same rule comes into effect so when the when the when one of the unit of 10 of 20 rack goes down to 10 or I, i'm not sure if it's at half or below half could be nine they will be twice effectively math almost twice as hard to kill thereafter so the first half is, you know, predictable to kill, and then the second half becomes almost twice as hard to kill. Swings it, um, and then theoretically, your opponent has less things to interact with those units, and so it becomes correct. It's not, it's not a linear scale. It seems like it'll get worse. Yeah, there's, mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's one more massive thing that they get. Yep. They get army wide fallback and charge. Mm -hmm. Just oh, not just for just yeah, because, so. just because Adva advance <laughs> and charge and fallback and charge. So yeah, they took a power from pain. Yeah, luckily they don't get profits of flesh or any of that. Like oh, they don't, God, they yeah. won't get minus one damage or um, artists of flesh for supercharging anything. They, praise be, they won't get any of that. But they get this instead, and what they get instead mm -hmm. is a lot. Um, I think this has been called like Rack City, Rack Rack City B. Um, but we'll, we'll see. People can call it whatever they want. I like that. It you got to win with it, and then you can name it. In this. Exactly, <laughs> just, exactly. You got to earn list the title until you win with it. I think this is a phenomenally good list, and the reason I think it's a phenomenally good list and archetype at the moment is it's stretching the meta back the other way. Everyone is stretching to tech into killing big old multi-wound models, be that mm -hmm. Crisis Suits, Nids, Knights, and this is stretching it the other way. We're like, I've got a bunch of little buggers, and they're all so much harder to kill than I think you're prepared for. Um, I mean, who's taking Hurricane Bolters anymore? Like, who's taking, you know, Assault Cannons? Stephen Box, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but like, who's like? That's not a meta take. That's not a thing that is being taken wholesale in the meta. This is going to run some people over. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's, 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 I think I think you're right. At least it's, it's going to make an impact where I think people were e- easily thought that the Jukari, the door had shut on them, and this has mm. kind of opened it up again, which is nice because it gives some some, uh, some breath to those generals. Yeah, for sure. And I can speak from personal experience. This is a nightmare to play. Yeah. An absolute yeah. nightmare. And people ask me why I bring three Calamorphs. There it is, right there. Pop the right Moculuses, there. make them all toughness, <laughs> go down and toughness. Make them toughness yeah. four, let's shoot some racks. They are oh, so good in this matchup. All oh right, well, look. We got to pick a, a faction winner here. What do we think is taking this tournament down? But Bug Eater is going to be claimed by one list, one person. I'm picking this one. I'm picking that one. The Rax Bam? I'm picking the Rax. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the first times I've seen it kind of show up, and I don't think people are ready to deal with this in the matter right now. I will. Mm. I would have to agree with it right now. It is, it's a nightmare to play against, and it just wins on primary. It is so hard to stop it for primary. It's, it's, a, it's oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, with the Eldari. So what are you going to say? Funny enough, in chat, someone just asked, uh, wouldn't Renegade Knights run run roughshod over this? They actually would. Renegade Knights would do really well. All those all those chain cannons, all those chain cannons, mm-hmm. and then just having sweeps on sweeps on sweeps on sweeps, incidental little mortal wounds, dread tests. Very, very di- difficult yeah. for this list to wound that uh, the, the Knights. They, yeah, yeah they they exactly. But it's yeah. just... Um, Vault, weight, weight of bodies. You're, you're on the objective, and can you take him off? But unfortunately, there's only two Renegade Knight players here, right? There's only two. There's only so, two. Yeah. Pretty good chance to win them. We're going to take a brief pause here, take a break for some station identification for uh, from our sponsors, Frontline Gaming. Uh, check out what they got to offer, and then we'll come back and do one more event. And at the end of the show, you got to stick around to the very end of the show because we have a palate cleanser after all this crunchy uh, talk about uh, the the meta. And uh, and all the grindy factions, you know, get a little silly. We'll see y'all in a minute. At Frontline Gaming, we make the best tabletop gaming mats in the universe. Our mats are durable, rollable, foldable, wipeable, and storable. Oh, and they look damn great, too. Join the thousands of tournament regulars and garage gamers who use our mats to bring their gaming surfaces to life. To ensure quality, Frontline gaming mats are custom made one at a time. Printed with high quality ink, our immersive designs stay crisp and are available in a wide range of styles and sizes. So whether you're playing a war game or skirmish game, whether you're fighting over an alien tundra, fantastical forest, or real world setting, there's a great looking battlefield for you. Our gaming mats are printed on extremely durable neoprene backing, so they won't slide around the table and they're thick enough to stay flat protecting what's underneath and allowing for slight uneven surfaces. We know from experience that an easily portable gaming surface is just better. Every mat comes with a sturdy nylon zip-up bag for storage and transportation. Whether your next battle is in your home or at the local game store, you'll be able to unroll your FLG mat and get gaming right away. Our products are all made and tested by passionate gamers at Frontline Gaming HQ right here in the USA. It's time to take your battlefield to a new level. Frontline Gaming, champions of tabletop. We are back, everyone. Thanks for hanging with us. Please check out uh, those those mats, the tables, the terrain, the stuff. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> Absolutely, this is great quality stuff. I I need to buy two more. I need a. I'm sick of my I'm sick of my GSE fighting on forests. I need, I need next to- event we're going to be talking about is the Grand Fanatic from. Uh, Balsta, Sweden, 80 players in 24 player, 24 player teams, not 24 player teams, 
There's no good way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> there really isn't, man. <laughs> it is a uh, five-round event. Uh, so with this faction breakdown, it may be a little bit uh, more different different than the ones we've read before uh, because there's going to be a limit uh, to the, some of the factions that we <clears throat> could possibly see at this uh, tournament over the course of the weekend. Yeah, this is a straight-up WTC prep event. And the reason we're drawing a spotlight on this one is that I've got some great insider knowledge from a wonderful man, Neil Kerr, who told me Team, team Sweden, team, uh, team Finland, the national teams from a lot of Scandinavian countries are sending representative teams to this to test out their tech in the lead-up to WTC. So we're going to see some extremely high-caliber players playing very well-versed, very technical lists. Yeah, keep an eye on these guys for sure. This is this is these are the kind of lists that I always look at. I love these. And for for those who don't know, WT, the the WTC rules and the rules almost unanimously across the world now for team events is that you get to use a book once in your team lineup. So that is one Space Marine list. That is one Drakari list. That is one Tyranid list in your team. And so when you see a thing, when you see the Tyranid numbers, that will tell you how many teams took that faction as that'll well. tell you how many teams are there well i was surprised it didn't i was like because going not. into these things you know we talk about being the meta or beating the meta in a team event you really can you're going to see skewed lists sometimes when you say technically mm -hmm. sound list you mean lists lists that are all designed with a very specific purpose and that is beating the meta uh, yeah. so you know are in sometimes in the team tournaments craft their own meta, but let's go down the list of factions. Then we'll talk about if, if anything that we just said is accurate. Yeah, for sure. And we're glad we're going to talk about that afterwards. So Imperial Super Faction, there's five sisters, six custodes, four great knights, and six Imperial Knights. So, so far only like a quarter of teams took all of those space Marine Super mm -hmm. Faction. There's one dark angel, one space wolf, two blood angels, two salamanders, one raven guard, and two white scars, totaling nine teams that took space Marine player. Chaos Superfaction, there's one Chaos Soup, one Chaos Space Spring, five T-Suns, one Death Guard, one Demon, and three Renegade Knights. Xeno Superfaction, one Necron, one Orc, seven Tau. So it's still pretty similar to what we normally see in the singles events. Hive Mind Superfaction, 12 Tyranids, four GSC. That's right, more people are coming to these team events. GSC are actually a really good team. They are amazing. Uh, and Eldari Superfaction, there's five Eldari, two Drakari, two Harlequins, and four Asuriani. And this, we should point out too that the Eldari, Harlequins, and Asuriani all count towards the same codex. So that's 11 teams that took the Eldari codex. And that's the faction podium of Tyranids at 12, Tau at 7, then Imperial Knights and Custodes tied in bronze for 6. So let's, uh, let's back up to that G-Sealer cult. Okay. Um, sure, let's talk about Jesus' cult. Let's go, Paul. No, I do, I do <laughs> want to know why you think that those, are, or why is it, not why you think, but why is it they are great uh, team lists? Because GSC have the same kind of ability that uh, Eldari do in terms of just getting points. They can build lists mm. that, that skew to just get points, and they, they can be a good defender to make sure they deny a lot of points with all their shenanigans of coming in from Deep Strike just outside of three inches, respawning guys on the, on the uh, objectives in the command phase. Like They have a lot of ways to dull really strong lists, and they have builds that counter meta lists. The only mm -hmm. problem is singles are one of the reasons that a lot of people struggle with in the singles event because they have some hard matchups. If you take an oh, all-comers yeah. GST list, it's really bad when you run into one of those like hard counters. Like Dark Harlequins comes to mind with one of their really bad, like really hard hard matchups, or not, unless you skew specifically for it. So GSC is just an army that has all those options to build to just get points. Like if they lose, they're kind of like Necrons in the like if you build them for team events, they, they will not lose by a lot. 
they will still get a lot of points. So they it's keep that, the differential lower. Well, this, this is a beautiful thing about teams events because you're mm-hmm. not looking for whatever the lists that have the highest ceiling. That doesn't make it the best list. You're looking for a variance of lists, a bell curve of lists, and GSC is one of those great lists that has a really high floor of scoring. Like, I will never score less than 60 points. Yeah. Because in for those of you who don't know, WTC scoring is based off a differential system. You have to beat someone by 51 points in order to get a max point win. That is a max mm-hmm. point win. And if you're saying that I will always get a minimum of 60 points if I play GSC, that means I can never give up a max point win and by default makes you a better teams list than a huge amount of others. Yeah, exactly. Like when I build my GSC list for teams, I it's designed, it will not get less than, I think it's 55 points. It, it just almost impossible. Yeah. So yeah it's, no, that's it's, strong, it's, right? Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Difference. That is awesome. Uh, let's go back up if we can before we get to the actual list that we're going to see there. But the demons list, tell me that has to be one that's full of splitting horrors. <laughs> the whole, yeah, I, I wish I had time to look it up. Unfortunately, I didn't have time. It has to, to be. If it literally, if you took just like psychers, a, a, a psycho battery, and then just one unit of 30 pink horrors and 700 points to split, you could just be like, same thing as what the GSC list was just doing. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get annihilated. I'm going to take a psychic secondary and I'm going to take banners or engage or something like that. I'm just going to string out. Get get like a medium level primary, and then just get two good two two good secondaries, and you can play a game with that. You can play a game yeah. as long as you're paired appropriately, because you get paired horribly in that. Oh, of course, you still need you still need to do the pairing. Pairing pairing yeah. is, pairing is a mini game there for sure. Is demons is is that could disciples be listed as demons or are they chaos? No, nah, they'd be they'd be chaos based. They'd be chaos yeah. soup. If the su- disciples is soup, I list as. Okay. Um, demons is pure demons. CSM pure CSM. Sorry, I sidetracked this, but I wanted to highlight some of the some of the, what are, the tech that I thought you would see at team tournaments like this because you you should see outliers. It's if you take if you take a list like a, if everyone in your team just brings a take all comers list. If they if they took the top tournament winning list from all tournaments around the world and brought them to this event, you're probably not going to win. Mm. You've got to, got to kind of go outside the box. That's why I want to highlight a couple of these factions that I think exactly do exceptionally well in, in events like this because yeah. they've got some tech that works better when you've got all these other yep. uh, so variable factors. One last thing I want to put a magnifying glass on. It's usually our want or we, we draw attention to the brick lists, the kind of the the stop, the um, bus stop lists that kind of stand there, don't do much and have a high score uh, scoring floor. Things like Dark Angels, T-Suns, Death Guard. Um, I usually want to draw a magnifying glass to see which one of those is being taken the most by people, which one is their I stand still and don't lose badly list of choice because there is a little internal um, you know, meta inside that as well. And it's actually pretty low in this one. There's five T-Suns, there's only one Dark Angels. So Dark Angels are being dropped in that role wholesale. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a bit of a opposite reaction where there are a bunch of armor of contempt lists that can do that, but can do a bunch of other stuff as well being taken. Grey Knights, Sisters, um, uh, Custodies, they can all operate in, if they're built appropriately to do something similar, but have a, wi- a much wider variance of other other armies and lists that they can go into. And so that's what I think is happening here as an analyst looking at this, because otherwise you, you wouldn't see, you'd see 
you'd see like nine T Suns usually at one of these at one of these events mm-hmm. because every list is just taking that default fallback. This I can chuck this guy into anything. Never going to get ruffled. Yeah, always going to be the put out if mm-hmm. necessary. You know. Mm. But I do, I do strongly believe that three in the Imperial Super Faction specifically, Sisters, Custodies, and Grey Knights can all do a, play a very extremely similar list, especially the Grey Knights being able to just sit still and just play to the last purifying ritual um, is an incredibly good list in that role. Yep, absolutely it is. I agree. Uh, all right, jumping down to the top players, <clears throat> sorry, top teams in attendance um i've done so the swedish wtc team and the finnish wtc team both sent two two teams of four split up and i picked the one of each just at random just the ones that looked like they had the most similar um lineup of factions because i wanted to get a bit of comparison going um the first up is uh wtc papa d this is half of the swedish national team um first up is tyranids playing leviathan they've got really just all comers tyranids 20 warriors in 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 units of five um as the core and then it's all the expected big bugs malceptor mm-hmm. flyer and harpy exocrine but only one is an interesting choice. We, we have not seen that make its way in to lots of things. Mm. So good, good to see it here. It's starting to get taken a little bit more. I'll, I'll hit it over to, to Dustin for if that's a good pick or not. I actually, I love the execrate. It has its own built-in exploding sixes and ignoring uh, terrain or cover built into it. It has a good, good number of shots, good profile. There's just because it's negative three. So mm. that could be a really, that could be really helpful with all those armor contemporary around. Cause there's not a lot of yeah. shooting with negative three aside from the venom cannons. And this one can have a higher profile of shots too. And it's long range, which again, tyrannies don't have a lot of, so I actually really like it. Agree in every way. Um, next up is a hail of doom, masterful shots, Asuriani build. Um, it's pretty much what you'd expect. 27 die Avengers, three medium sized wind rider units. It's got one unit of Scorpion, scorpions, um, Baharoth and Karandras, and then 20 Hawks. Um, literally what you'd expect. And this just for the people at, at home, um, usually at team events, the only list that get to take like a singles list is usually the, the best two or three armies yeah. in the game. And those two I just read out is number one and number two best yep. best armies in the game from my experience. And they're literally just singles lists. Drakari has a real space raid detachment. This is Black Heart, Prophets of Flesh, and Red Grief. This is a ridiculously heavy MSU, but with a backbone of 15 Grotesque, three units of five. It's also got 15 Incubi, and then nine units of various MSU infantry, mm-hmm. that mostly being racks um, and four Venoms. This is just a very, once again, similar to the GSC list we were talking about, that archetype with the high scoring floor. Plays Engage or Heard the Prey, can play to the last quite effectively if it wants to as well. And then lastly, we have an Imperial Knights list. And I, uh, I've i I've captioned this as, wow, we buying time for the big guy as a gut check list. And usually you'll see this list um, as a put up um, for to try and scare people into putting something under the bus into it. This is, has, uh, this is Imperial Knights. It is Tyrannus. It has a Castellan, an Errant, four Warglaives, and two Helverins. And um, literally the Errant the, and the Warglaives just get in the way and mm-hmm. buy time for the Castellan to wipe you off the table is essentially the way I see this. Seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah, good plan. Yeah, and the reason this is a gut check is because if you put this up into the pairings into the pairings process, they have to give you a list, yeah, and then they have to bet that you don't go first and just smash them, annihilate them off the table turn one because this list can do that to just about anybody on the right table. Um, and then so it's a gut check. It's the gut check list for your opponent. Um, what do you guys make of this uh, four lineup? I I really like the lineup. Uh, Tyranids and Suryani, I think, are auto-includes. And I think Drakari 
in team of eight, absolutely. So obviously they have the Drakari player on this this team here to kind of maybe help uh, build the list there, practice the list they want to try out. And I like the MSU style because like you said, it's it's a perfect defender for them because the Syriani Tyranids, they're all comers. So they can go into anything that you, they can, yeah. and then they drop the Imperial Knights first, give them the right table, then Drakari second defender. Like it's, it's it's so, perfect. It's, it's, I, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I was just, when I see these things, I think I started thinking about what what would be to put out, and they have something there that's clearly I think it, yep. and then it's mm-hmm. and then everything they're hoping everything else just falls their way based off that. Yeah. Yep, this this is a perfect four four pack for my mind. You can swap out um the so the rolls are perfect. You could swap out the um the knights for a different thing that does the same thing, like a triple storm yep. surge list would do exactly the same effect. And the um the Drakari build could, like we said, be GSC, could be sisters, could be a couple of things that do something similar in the same role. But for what it is, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, this is like um, this is the perfect archetype for this. Yeah, perfect archetype. If anybody any ever doing a four pack teams, um, come back look at that look at this lineup. That's yeah. the roles perfect. ATC is coming up soon, and uh, you know yeah. These, yeah. this you study these other events because it functions very similarly. You know, as far as as to what list, or uh, and, and team composition. Team yeah. Composition. So next up, we have Team uh, Mookie Hammer. This is half of the the Finland's the Finnish uh, national team. Uh, finally enough, the first list listed here is D- Turinis Leviathan. Oh. This is all comers, and this is going a different way. This is the taking the two ofs. Um, so this is the double flyer and double harpy list. And it's a bit MSU more than most because it's packing some Raveners and some Hormigans as well. It's got two of Hormigans, a pack of Raveners, um, double flyer and double harpy. So a bit more aggressive than I think we saw a bit more of a shooting base from the previous one with the Exocrines and the, and the medium-sized units of Warriors. This is more of the playing, playing the table, getting aggressive. Um, then we have a custom Tau uh, Sept list. This is Strike Swiftly with Reinforced Armor. I f- forgive me, I didn't have time to look up what these are because I haven't heard of them before, and if I have, I've forgotten. Um, this is to the last. This is the to the last DACA list. It's just three absolutely maxed out in every way crisis units. And I mean maxed out. They're maxed out in every possible way. Cool and with that. It's, it's just MSU Crude around that. Um, very good list. Very, very good reasonable. List. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's they have a Dark Angels list. And now this list is a little bit spicier than what we usually see. As soon as we see a Dark Angels list in a team's event, we go 40, 30 to 40 terminate. I am it curious does. now to what you consider a spicy Dark Angels. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's taken it's taken one unit of Terminators and added some ability to get some points, to get more points into it, which I think's the way I prefer to play it, if I was going to play it. 30 Terminators, but then it's got a couple units of servitors, three land speeder storms, and a dark shroud. So it can actually play the board. It can actually. I like the use of servitors. Time. A lot of people forget they exist. A lot of players mm. are don't want to take them. Like, oh man, you know, or don't. One, they're them. not. They're not easy to get in the <laughs> configuration that you want to have them, like model wise. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's just like, well, it's not a marine. You know, I don't. What, what yeah. are they supposed to do? They <laughs> score <laughs> your points. That's what they do, and they're That's cheap. Right. Yeah, so this gentleman has taken the reliable core of thirty termies, as in we, we talk about that that um, that high high floor of the amount of points he's going to get, as in to the last is locked in, sub and defiance locked in, can play oath of moment. But then he's gone. Well, if I take three land speeder storms, a dark shroud, and some servitors, I play engage all of a sudden. I play R and D all of a sudden, and I the amount of secondaries I can take just just explode, absolutely explode. In addition, he gets to play defense. Like, oh, this guy's coming at me with um, raveners. I'm I've got storms to go in front of my termies because most armies you you're blocking for termies with termies and you're losing termies and it's it's bad. So mm-hmm. I think this is a better use of this archetype. It still retains all the functionality of that brick list, but actually plays the game a bit a, a lot more. Um, 
And lastly, we have a Drakari list. Funnily enough, Drakari making both of these. Um, very interesting, actually. Um, this is Artist of Flesh, Blackheart, and Strife, uh, Triple Patrol. And this is a bit of everything all the time. A little bit of everything all of the time is what I call this. It's got two freaking Void Ravens, two Ravagers, two Nids of Grotesque, two Nids of Hellions. Um, and then it's just MSU everything else. Funnily enough, it had a unit of Raver Jet Bikes as well. Because it is... Um, hey, they move fast. They move mm-hmm. fast, exactly. You want to supercharge your Hellions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two Void Ravens, two Ravagers is an interesting pick um, at the moment. How do you guys feel about that one? The Void Ravens, that's the bomber, right? That's the infantry. That's the bomber, yeah. Infantry, they're basically the infantry t- wiper. A character wiper if you're lucky. Yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't they, hate the Void Ravens. I just am scratching my head about them in this list. I well, do are think they, they playing a, the harpy role that we were talking about for, you know, yeah, from the very far exactly. first part of the show? Um, I was about to throw that out. They have a nice duality with the harpies. So if you wanted to, you could pin somebody by saying, well, these, he's a, he's, your option is to take a freaking Tyranids list with two flyers, <laughs> or you could take a Jukari list with two flyers, and you're playing into somebody who can't kill flyers at all. And so, so the, so the harpies are incredibly agile. You know, they, they basically get to get these multiple moves, and I think mm. the the Jukari and the and the Eldari planes get similar get similar rules to where you, they are. You're very flexible, so you can do exactly what you were talking about, Adam. Is, is basically box people in or or mm. isolate characters. You know, isolate your targets that you want to shoot at. Yeah, I, I do quite like the Drakari list with the exception of the Void Ravens. I I just don't get them. I think they're taking them because of the pin option um, and they want the Mortal Wound dump, which I think is totally valid, actually. That's that's a question I have, too. It's like, I don't I, I don't think they're as durable as the Harpies, you know, strangely enough. Uh, but, you know. It's true. They definitely aren't. The, the Harpies going to have Transhuman and four, one of them have a four-up Involve, I guess. Involve, yeah. But, but I do like the idea, especially... As well. When you've got all the stuff that we were just talking about in the army, you can go off and do things, and, and people will mm-hmm. get probably a little bit of target confusion, and and some of your stuff may may live longer than you expect it to do. Which is about in the teams list, you are you're trying to gain enough points. You know what role is this player playing? I think that's a better question than yeah, maybe what's in the list. I think it's the same. It, Drukari, I think, always play the same list aside from if you start bringing the coterie. Uh, Army of Renown now. They actually play the MSU. I will get points regardless of what you do to me. I'll make sure it's if even if you win, it will not be by a lot. The uh archetype here is it's exactly the same. It's just there's two different lists in here. The, we still have the Tyranids as one of the all comers. Tau is the other one because it's one of the one of the top performing lists right now. So it's another it's an all comers. The Dark Angels here are the ones you put out first most of the time to get maybe a heavier table. To make yep. sure that they don't get their points. Drukari are a flex pick in that sense. They can go down first if there's two lists that you know would dummy your Dark Angels, then you put down the Drukari first so they can avoid that. And you go from there. Like it's it's the same archetype, just done a little bit differently. So it's yeah. still these guys know what they're doing. They obviously play for WTC and they phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Every player on every list that we just read out through these two formats are world class players. Yeah. So when I say I don't get something, it's simply because I haven't. I don't. I don't understand it. It's not because <laughs> everything, every unit, every molecule, sure. every particle of each one of these lists has a purpose and is fit for purpose. That's, I that's when I when I see that. a list like that, I do. I, th- I think about what because the player role in these teams. You know, look, we'll talk more about team tournaments. We love team tournaments. Every everyone on this show right now is a team tournament enthusiast and have studied and and won and and love what all goes into it. And so we will talk about that on on uh, this show and others. But since we only have a couple of teams represented here, I think it would be I don't know. I don't know if we can pick a winner 
Uh, so I just want to mm-hmm. wish all these teams the best of luck, and we we will be checking in uh, and seeing, you know, how how these uh, these rivalries and uh, and things shake out over the course of this weekend. And that's our tournament talk for, for, for the week. Now we have a segment. If you're new here, we have a segment we call the Fuego Rapido, where we give ourselves uh, five, four to five topics. Sometimes they have something to do with 40K. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> but this is, like, this is that palate cleanser I was talking about. We put a clock up. We give ourselves two minutes to talk about each topic. Uh, once that, that time is over, we're done. We move on to the next one. Never to come back again. If production can this time, we'll actually have them uh, read out the questions, and then we'll give our hot take to close you out the show. Got it, Paul. Okay, timer starts now. Best campaign book GW has ever done. Oh, uh, had to, had to be. Uh, what's the what's the original one that the uh, Black Templar came in? Was it Armageddon? Armageddon. Yeah, that that was my pick. Yeah, because that was the first one I ever bought. That was the first book I ever bought. Because I walked into a GW and I'm like that's cool as hell and i bought that off the shelf and uh yeah the first time i get in supplement i think that was the, the second or third ed one um that was my pick was and i'm lovely. and i'm calling the campaign book like the one where it's just like a, a storyline uh you know within like a belt around a narrative because i think you know, those early yeah. like slaves of darkness and stuff books um you know there's there was so much descriptive stuff in there that yeah. set the whole world i don't know if we can count those campaign kind of where i was gonna go with that i would i was just gonna say any of the realms of chaos books yeah okay they're all pretty good. I mean, would would the it's a campaign book with some of like the the dark heresy like D and D kind of role play books? Would they count? They're campaigns, right? Yeah, they are campaigns. So and they're they're stretching it. So, phenomenal. hey, there's no about, there's no rules in Fuego, man. Psychic. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No. So, <laughs> okay, okay, here's so where where does Psychic Awakening rank in? Uh, uh it doesn't. Oh. I was really disappointed with the fluff in Psyche Awakening. And Some we phenomenal got lore, rules. We got <sighs> models. We got all the lore just seemed wasn't, a primarch. Forever wasn't wasn't bad. But that wasn't gather- Psyche Awakening. I'm just the Gathering Storm. A, the Gathering Storm. Gathering Storm. Oh, yeah. Gathering Storm. So, that, I think that's probably. Yeah. I think that's what I meant to say. Was okay, Gathering Storm was that was that was good. That it was, was good. good. It was good. That was good. That gave me the nostalgia tickling my my lore vibes. Like that the was, battle. Yeah. Like. Creed conducting the battle, the defense of Cadia. It's gonna, yeah. that's gonna stay with me. That was so good. Yeah, that that was that, that one is probably the best one they've come up with in the last while for sure. Mm. There we go. We well, we solved that one. Yeah, and yeah. You even did a whole solved. minute on it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our second one is which edition did uh, did formations the best? Hmm. So I'm assuming we're using any kind of formations so there's only like one edition that did formations technically I like officially i suppose they're calling everything formations like armies renowns as a formation and all the other variances a uh, for, are we talking about like the decurion type yeah stuff? anything anything you think could that's be called like uh yeah me too that's what i've assumed wow. um <laughs> I, so I I prefer I the one I liked the most was the Decurian style where it was kind of a follow the adventure build it how you yeah, want it was a I whole like page thing. They just they just overcooked the rules so much, but the concept of that is still my favorite one. I think. Yeah, I I love the concept like the same same thing. Like I like that you you want to get these buffs. Well, you have to take this stuff. Yeah, it gives you a couple taxes in there, but it gives you enough buffs to make it kind of worthwhile. Mm-hmm. They they did that with like fantasy too, like while yeah. back. So Fa- yeah, I think. Fantasy did it a bit better, but I think it's because they had more options to do it with, if that makes sense. 
I'm going to agree with uh, with everything that you just said there, uh, because I, I think that that the taxes, the ones that did it the best, that were actually felt like you had to, um, yeah, it it cost you a bit to get the extra stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it felt like you were going into, you know, when you come up to an opponent who you weren't who wasn't using those rules, it felt like still more of a of a um, not a lopsided engagement. Yeah, it's like you got all these extra rules. Like, but I took these guys, which aren't really good, but I had to in order to get these other guys to get better. So it feels that like they were the best, and not just yeah. the more, yeah. more most powerful. Like, yeah, it's weird that the 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 armies of renown at the moment, which I'm I'm calling formations for the sake of it, because they are a similar thing. Um, I find they're either too good or not good. Is is that fair? Yep. Like, yeah. there's, either the... there's either there's either no tax or yeah. it's all tax. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, what's the worst food tournament food choice you've ever made? Man, I have a good answer for this. <laughs> go ahead. You can you can go first. Go man. ahead. No, no you Do guys, it. it's your Do it. No, 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 no. Uh, the tacos. Uh, never get the tacos at any event. <laughs> Paul's gonna it's disagree. Never, no, you get, never if you get a bad good. taco, it's a bad at the event. Uh, at like, the event. Get it from the. the uh, <laughs> yeah. That's where you went wrong. Yeah. yeah. So I will say the um, at a, at Adepticon this this past year. I don't know if it's been the case the the whole time. This is not like a uh, there's two there's two lines you could get into, and I seen I would consistently pick the worst one. You know, like like I, this one over here had the just the chicken nuggets, but this one over here had like you know broccoli beef rice bowls. You know that kind of stuff. Probably oh, a better choice than delicious. just the. Uh, I love those. Than, <laughs> than just the uh, chicken fingers uh worst one i've ever made we have a tradition in australia well it's kind of an urban legend myth where you if you are undefeated day one of a two-day tournament you're supposed to eat two main meals that night and then you'll go undefeated the next day and i can tell you some of those main meals have been questionable (laughs) like because you'll just pick like oh what are the two that i can like actually fit in at dinner sometimes you'll do a double steak and you'll feel like a big old big man and sometimes (laughs) you get you get a kebab at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> to be your second main for the day. And no, do not do that. Do not <laughs> find oh a more reasonable God. trope urban legend to aspire to. Yeah. Uh, my mistake that I will do from time to time is mac and cheese. It's just, mm-hmm. it's something that I always it's like. It's delicious because carbs and cheese, and cheese is delicious. Yeah, exactly. I love this. This is so good. And then I eat it. And then the next day I regret it. I, I <laughs> And I know, I know what did it. Everybody knows what did it. Yeah, it, yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the easiest who done it. That's the easiest game of Cluedo yeah. I've ever seen. Exactly. All right. So I'll start the clock. That's the important part. If if you were helping someone new get into painting, what would you? What? Where would you tell them to start first? Uh, prime black. <laughs> okay. It's true. Yeah, like prime any other color. The so there, there is this. Okay, you're gonna find people that tell you that you have to do things this way or have to do things that way, and you actually don't have to do things anyway. You do things as easy for you because if this is a chore for you, you you want to get you know to a place where you enjoy it and it's less of a chore. Priming black, you know, is one of those things like oh, only only beginners prime black and and pros prime white. That is. Not that that was actual advice or that I was you know I'd heard when I was just getting started in this game, and I don't know if it still persists or whatever. That is not true. You can prime whatever color you want, 
and but black is more forgiving mm-hmm. uh, than any of those other other colors, and uh, it's easier to paint your way out of that instead of having to paint your way out of priming white. That was extremely specific. I uh, I can't tell if this is going to be a more broad, but yeah, prime black ninety five percent of the time. Um, I would tell if I was if I was telling somebody to start painting now, I would actually tell them to start painting with contrasts. I'd be like, learn learn mm-hmm. contrasts, and then go to the base shade layer highlight method because um, you you will you will get a, a bunch done quicker than anybody else has ever done before as a new player by smashing out contrast painted uh, units and then you can build yourself up to the beautiful edge highlighting and layering and, and things like that as you go see for me i when i, when I tell people now because this is actually one of the ways that i started learning a lot of t- tips and tricks on how to do things is find the specific model you want to paint and search on youtube for a tutorial like going online because mm-hmm. they'll actually outline the exact paints to do. They'll make sure you get one that tells you the technique. So it'll actually teach you everything you do. And you you won't get, forgive yourself because you won't get it right the first couple of times. But having somebody show you step by step will really improve your game a lot faster. Yep. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. there we go. Oh, oh, um, oh. Stranger Things 4 versus Kenobi. Hot oh. takes. No spoilers. Just hot takes. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I haven't seen any of Kenobi yet. I haven't seen any. Really? No. Well, I, uh, how am I supposed to talk about it? Just don't. Well, just just give us your don't, opinion. Don't talk I, about the storylines. Oh, you've definitely like watched all of the Kenobi that are out right now, right? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm wanting you to try to uh, spoil this or somehow. I'm not. I'm not spoiling. I'm just, what, hot takes. Uh, Stranger Things versus Kenobi. They're they are radically different shows. Yes, they're uh, radically and, different. And I think that that um that uh Stranger Things is taking more chances uh than Kenobi has. But at the same time, I've been surprised by things you've we've seen early in the Kenobi Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So, you know, it's it's tough. It's uh to, to say if we're comparing the two, I, I think that uh that Stranger Things is taking some more taking some more risks. Uh, See, I, when they told me the, the Kenobi show was coming out before I knew anything about it I'm like what it's just going to be him like sitting in a hut for eight episodes <laughs> like like you know does, is he going to be creepily spying on Luke is that is that it that's just okay yeah, but yeah. Gonna make you, you get to see you get to see some things in Kenobi like, and not just um, I mean there are cameos from uh, from actors you know that mm-hmm. you that you might want to oh, see nice paul nice uh, there <laughs> there are uh there's there's storylines that i think are going to give us some more connected tissue and, and if if they do it if they if they play it like things like rogue mm. one and like rebels and that kind of stuff in that same vein it's going to be brilliant i, I am... do will say like stranger things is picking up a lot faster than kenobi did but kenobi i think is going to sustain longer if that makes yeah. I'm three episodes into Stranger Things, and I hear a lot, a lot goes down in episode four. Um, but so far, I think this is way better than number three. No, I did not love uh, season three of. of oh, you of, mean? Of, oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely, it definitely yeah. is. Like this oh, yeah. season, I think is the, way, better, way better. Yeah. Way better for sure. Uh, also, have you noticed the Stranger Things seasons one or two? It's just aliens. It's just aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> right. And our last one is. Uh, best 40k feel good moment in event history. Ooh. Is that because we just had a really big one at the BAO? Maybe. I mean, like, feel good for me? Yeah, feel good for who? <laughs> yeah, feel good for Paul. Feel good but, in general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Uh, I will say I love it when uh, when I when people are there for their first tournament, and and it's even it's even cooler when it's like a a teenager or a father son combo or something like that, you know, that that have that that are there and just you can just tell they're just kind of loving the whole experience and seeing that that makes me makes me happy. outside of winning. And uh, and I'm not trying to give a soft answer. My best full good moment was the first time I ever won a grand tournament. Like I was like really uh, really yeah. jazzed on yeah. that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, but now the the ones that I that I look forward to from other people, it's it's when it's their first time when they're just starting that journey. Yeah, Adam. Uh, <laughs> as a as a podcaster and an analyst and a shoutcaster and stuff, there's a couple of like moments that just like stay with you. One of them was the BAO just gone past. For those who don't know, Jesse yeah. Sell, a very close friend of Jeffy and Control Robinson, won that event. Having not played, I don't believe he's played much competitively 40k. He just legit, there was undeniable hand of destiny about that man. He's like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this for Jeff. Yeah. And um, I believe, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I, I believe Jesse was there when Jeff passed. Like, extremely close friend. And for him to win that, that is an incredibly like so incredibly beautiful circle to close in the lexicon in the stories of our in the annals of our game yeah um uh nick uh winning the lvo over tony when tony got tony that was a pretty feel good moment for everybody <laughs> at home just having such a high level showcase of the sportsmanship and sportsman that that has catapulted sportsmanship the game over into new places being like there's the standard we all aspire to. There's what we need to hold each other to. And I'm sorry, Dustin, you got you. Dustin, you. I can't. I can't Very top that one. We out. have like, rules. We have rules. We don't. You don't get to. We have yeah. rules. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I zoned him out. I zoned him out <laughs> in the defense. I'm sorry, Dustin. I'm sorry. We have very few rules in this on this show, and in, in that section is uh, we have to keep. We have a code. <laughs> the code. The code. <laughs> I'm coming back as an imperial knight. I'm chaos next week. Seriously, okay. Uh, look, if you're if you're joining us after the fact of the podcast aggregators, please leave us some comments. Give us thumbs ups, five star reviews if you are so inclined. That is a hassle free way that you can help uh, support the show. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate that you doing that. And then consider coming talking with us live in chat. We do this live every Thursday, talking about the the tournaments, the biggest and brightest tournaments, talking about the 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 meta, the list, the players you're going to see there. And each and every week, it is a pleasure. Adam, Dustin. Loved it. We'll see you all next week. See you next week.